All right, everyone, thanks for coming out. As you know, I'm Mike Cernovich from Danger and Play, Guerrilla Mindset, and now we're doing movies. We're doing Silence, and that's my director, Lauren. So we're sort of doubling up. So don't worry, nobody's faces will be on any kind of video or promotional materials um, unless you want it to be. I'm just getting it mic'd up because I don't really like giving seminars. I do them because it's a way to push myself to do something that I don't like to do. But I like to write. I like to be in my own little corner from the world, and I'm a very introverted guy. So that's my story. Thank you for coming out. And I want to do something real quick before we start. How is this different from other seminars? I don't like motivational seminars. I've been to them all. I don't really like the value of people jumping up and, and screaming and everything because it gives you a short-term pop. You feel good, right? I don't know how many of you ever grew up in churches, but I grew up in very sort of uh, Pentecostal you know, churches where people are speaking in tongues and, and shaking. And on Sunday, everybody feels great, and then on Monday, they're pieces of shit, you know? And you're like, well, what, where's the disconnect between you feel good one day, the next day, you're not living life right? And that's the difference, I guess, between motivation versus what I call sort of reprogramming, reprogramming your brain. Being motivated, being hyped, being pumped feels good. We've all watched those YouTube videos, uh, the hip-hop preacher, right? You know, they set the, the stuff to music, uh, C.T. Fletcher stuff. Yeah, you know, It feels good, right? But it doesn't leave you with anything. And that's what we have here. We have with the Gorilla Mindset, we have an entire sort of mental model that links in every concept together even though each concept is a little discreet. And that's what I tried to communicate in the book, but it's a lot easier to do in a seminar. So I'll give you an example. We got, in the Gorilla Mindset, we have different chapters. Self-talk, framing, movement, mood, focus, lifestyle, posture. And you think each one is separate, but each one are actually connected together. So example, we say self-talk, right? If you talk to yourself and say, God, you're a real piece of shit, you messed up this time, you're always screwing up your life, well, then your mood's going to feel worse, right? See how they're connected? And if you're in a bad mood, then your lifestyle is going to be worse. You're going to be rude to people. You're going to scream at people. So we want to think of all of this as a model, and we'll go through each part and each section together. We want to think of this as a model and how each concept ties together, and that's how you want to think about your own life. So big picture is you got an identity, right? Who are you? Who am I as a person? Those existential questions. And the great thing about life, about being a person, is you can define your own identity. See, we all live in a society and nobody ever tells you that. You're supposed to be this person and must think this thing. And especially with the identity politics that we see around us today, right? If you're a black Republican or a white this, you have to think a certain way, right? You can't think differently because there's an identity that society has defined for you. And all we do here is you redefine your own identity. You define your identity based on what? Well, based on however you want to live your life. The next thing you want to talk about is how is a choice. We don't think of it that way. You think, okay, I'm born, I live, I die, but you get to choose to be what you want to be. It is a choice you can make in the moment. I don't like talking to people for the most part. Well, that's natural. Naturally, I'm introverted. And that was one of my big revelations for myself three, four, or five years ago is that Okay, naturally, I'm kind of a lower energy guy, like Jeb Bush, you know, I don't like to talk to people. I relate more with Jeb Bush than Trump, actually, in terms of natural predispositions. I'm kind of a, like to mellow out, hang out, write. And then I decided, well, yeah, but why? Why is that? Well, it's because 
I chose to have whatever I'm naturally. I chose that to be my identity. Well, why can't I do something else? And then what you find out is, okay, well, if you're naturally an introverted guy, go talk to five people. You'll be tired. You wake up, go talk to six people. You're going to be tired the next day, and then suddenly you've recreated an entirely different identity, and then you can be whoever you want to be, as cliche as it might sound. So with that background, we want to think, you know, what is mindset? And we kind of talk about the book, so, you know, what is mindset? Projecting what you want things to be, I guess. I what do you think? What is mindset? Um, mindset is um, how you view life, how you approach life. Does that make sense? What's mindset? It's how you perceive, I guess, everything going on around you. Yeah, it's your attitudes, your beliefs, your values. It's your filter on the world. That's ultimately what it is. Your operating software that somebody else put in your brain is what I always tell you. Your mindset is, okay, I'm naturally smart. I'm naturally this. I'm naturally good looking. I'm naturally slow. I'm naturally whatever. That's what you would call the sort of the fixed mindset. Okay, here's who I am and therefore this is how I'm going to live my life. And the big revelation, the book Mindset, which is actually not a very good book because it was, you can put it down in a page. People who believe that you can choose your own identity and change it do better in life than people who think that they're just fixed. That whatever they have and whatever they started with is where they're going to end up. And you see that, you see that negative thinking kind of everywhere. So I, I talk to people, they say, oh, I did, had a bad childhood. Well, I, yeah, a lot of people did. That's, that's unfortunate. I don't mean to dismiss that with anybody, but welcome. But you're now saying, because I've had a bad childhood, this is my identity. My identity is fixed. And now my past is going to dictate how I live the rest of my life. Well, what, why? Right? Well, because nobody teaches you how to do this stuff. Nobody teaches you mindset. You hear people, you'll hear people say things like, well, mindset is everything. Well, what does that even mean? What is, what is mindset? How do you change your mindset? So that's the, that's the first thing is it is a choice. You can choose your identity. A lot of this people start off kind of in pickup, which is the idea that there are different ways to, to meet girls. There are different ways to sell products. And that's what's kind of, um, I don't know, it's kind of weird. So a, a question I like to ask is, how many people felt kind of weird before they came here? A little anxious, a little awkward? Most people did, yeah. And then you think, well, why is that, okay? Well, if this were a presentation, how to make more sales as a real estate agent, people walk in, yeah, I want to make more sales. Real estate agent, you know, I'm going to do it. If it was a marketing course or a design course or a web design course, come on in and learn how to build a website. Everybody would walk in, people feel fine. But then the minute you want to talk about, well, I want to change my mindset so I can have a more powerful mind to live a better life, suddenly feel weird. Right? How does that make any sense? Why is that, why is that logical? And you realize it's because ultimately, you unconsciously, when you go really deep, you believe that there's something weird or odd about changing your mind. And then if you want to go even deeper, you know, how far you go down the rabbit hole, society wants you to think that too. People have a vision for what, how you should live your life. Morality, guilt, shame. I'm embarrassed, of, I'm embarrassed to come here ultimately. Well, why? Well, somewhere, somebody down the road told you that you needed to sit in a chair at school, learn what you're told, right answers, wrong answers, even though school is dumb and I hated it. But there are right or wrong answers and that's your whole life. You're being evaluated based on these other people's standards. So you feel weird when you kind of start to think for yourself, but 
the good news is that everybody felt weird. I used to feel weird when I went to seminars. I went to a, what is it, a Jerry, Jerry Spence seminar, Trialers College. I was 22, and I thought, God, well, who are you to go here? You're a nobody. You're an idiot. Nobody's going to care what you have to say. They're not going to like you. You're going to feel weird. You're not going to know anything. And, and that was what's going to lead us to the next thing. Self-talk, right? How do you talk to yourself before you come here? So somebody who raised your hand about feeling weird, uh, tell me what you thought. What was going through your head before you came? What's this place going to be like? Mm -hmm. What's going on in there? How many people are going to be there? Uh, what, I don't know what to expect at all. And what were you saying about yourself? Did you feel weird? Like, why am I going to this? Who am I? Right. Yeah. And as you can see, I'm wearing a vest. Yeah. Uh, somebody else. Give me an example. Somebody else who raised your hand earlier. So I went here and uh, I kind of felt weird because I had to tell my wife where I'm going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to put it, you know, okay, so I'm going for Oscar is given a sort of seminar. Mm -hmm. That was saying that's what I said. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had to sort of Sort of place myself into that kind of bucket that I got to explain to somebody. Mm -hmm. Frame it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so right. So that's more positive. Admission that you've got work to do. That you're yeah. Not already as good as you can yeah. possibly be. And to admit that is to admit a weakness, which is yeah. something that right. can be difficult to do. Exactly. So you guys have way better self-talk than I had. Man, even you know my self-talk is you fucking dork. Why would you go to something <laughs> like this? God, this is dumb, you know. You just probably read some stupid shit on the internet and here you are and you're probably going to get ripped off and, you know, they're, they're going to upsell you on shit. What the fuck are you, you know. That's myself. My self-talk is terrible. That's why I wrote the book, you know. People are like, people say, God, this is a great book. And it's like, yeah, no shit, I didn't make it up. This is, this is my life. My life is, you know, self-talk and then I, I kind of had this revelation. I had this revelation, actually, I was in a relationship and then I applied this to self-talk, but... I was being spoken to in a certain way by a woman and I just thought to myself, and then I said, you know, if a, if a guy talked to me like this on the street, I would just beat the fuck out of him, you know? If a friend talked to me like this, he wouldn't be a friend. If my parents talked to me like this, my family, I wouldn't talk to them. So why would I deal with this kind of talk from a romantic relationship? But you think about it, that's pattern brainwashing, right? You're supposed to endure a certain kind of mistreatment from other people, but it, it doesn't really make sense. Well. Then I started to think of my own ways. Whenever I make a mistake, I go to like absolutes. You idiot, you always forget things, you always get lost. This is why you have to leave early. And then I thought, well, if I talk to other people like this, nobody would want to talk to me, right? Why? Because that's negative energy, negative vibes. So I'm sending negative energy to myself 24 seven without even realizing it. So then that's why you say with your self-talk, which is a conversation you have, just imagine you're talking to a friend that you want to help, but that you want to remain your friend. So a friend comes in, oh yeah, you know, my, life, my wife left me or something like that. You don't say, God, you fucking, of course you did, you fucking idiot, you know, like, I would have left you too. You're, no, you just say, well, that's terrible. Let's kind of reconstruct what happened, figure out how to build back from this. It's the same thing, you lose your job. If a friend lost a job, you know, what are the big ones? Health, uh, relationships, and career. Those are the three sort of universal issues everyone have. If somebody lost a job, you not say, wow, your life is over. You lost this job. Whew. But who here has lost a job? Okay. What would you say to yourself when you lost a job? Fuck. Right? <laughs> I'm fucked, right? Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're going to be broke. You're going to be on the street. You're going to be destitute. You're never going to have any money. Now, how helpful was that to your life? Right? And would you talk to your friends like that? No. If your friend lost a job, you would say, well, that sucks. You know, go cry for a weekend and be depressed. And then on Monday, let's kind of figure something out, right? So you think about it that way. When you reframe the conversation, you think about it that way. Suddenly, you talk to yourself a little bit differently. I don't, I don't tell myself the world is unicorns and I'm so happy and everything's perfect. I'm realistic about the world. But the way to avoid that negative self-talk is you, you avoid absolutes. Nobody here is always great, always terrible. That's what we want to say. I never do things right. I always make this mistake. That's what we say. Well, you just avoid absolutes. And the way you talk to yourself, especially if you're a more introverted guy, is you just start to say, okay, I've made a mistake this time, and then here's what I'm going to learn from the mistake, and here's how I'm going to avoid it. And then as that, as that process runs through your head, it leads you to our next part, which is framing. How do you frame things? And framing is probably the most important part of self-talk, even though it's its own little thing. You can say, because I've had bad, really bad things happen to me, and I actually got kicked off a message board. So I'll, I'll kind of tell you my story. So I had a really bad like, autoimmune skin condition, right? I'd written about it at Danger and Play. My eyes were swollen shut. My skin was peeling. I was losing my hair. I couldn't hardly move. I had to sleep with ice packs. I couldn't sleep for more than, say, an hour at a time because I'd have to get up and put ice packs all over my skin. And here's what I thought. Man, dude, once you get through this, you're going to be a bad motherfucker, you know? Because you're going through all this pain and all this agony and all this misery, and you're learning what it's like to going from a relatively good-looking guy to looking like a leper. Man, dude, this is going to be great when you get out of it. You can take all this energy and this resources that you've learn from this to another situation. Well, what is that? It's, uh, it's framing, right? I could say, gee, you know, this sucks. You've been in bed. I think I was in bed for, what, six weeks or something like that. I, I could hardly get out of bed. So I'm in, I'm in, you know, I go from, I'm in, in good shape, going to the gym hard on a Friday. On Monday, my bones ache and I can't get out of bed. Like, literally, I have to crawl out of bed just to go to the bathroom. So I could have said, well, boy, this is terrible. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. You were this great in-shape guy. You're living the life, living the dream in Southern California, and now you're bedridden. Okay, w what would that have done, though? Because the thing is, the thing that you learn about everything I teach here is both of those are true. That was the worst thing that ever happened to me by far. That's true. Well, what is also true? That I can use these negative experiences, reframe them as sort of like a boot camp that's going to make me stronger mentally, so that when I get on the other end, stuff that I didn't want to do, I'll be able to do. Because if you're able to endure you know, great physical and emotional pain, then when life is normal, you find out you got all this extra energy. Why? Because you got tougher if you allow yourself to do that, which most people don't. Most of the time, we think I got a big problem, and it's the worst problem I've ever had, and my life is terrible. Well, what does that do? That it, might, it might be true. What does it do? But when you reframe it, you reframe it as, I have a big problem. This is the worst problem I've ever had. Well, great, because once I figure this thing out, I'm going to have all these resources to go to in the end. And that's where, again, it's about defining your identity right here. I define my identity as a resourceful person. 
I can just kind of figure things out. How do you give a seminar? I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. How do you do a documentary film? I don't know. I'm just going to figure it out. How do you start a website? I don't know. How are you going to figure out? How do you, and if you ever ask me, how do you do it? I don't have goals. I don't have plans. I just say, I'm going to figure it out, and I'll go, go along as I go, because that's how I define my identity, resources. So if in your own mind you think of yourself as developing psychological resources, which is more powerful than physical resources, well, what happens? What happens is then when you have good parts of life, because life is up and down, then you have, and then it's great, right? Because you've gone through all the bad stuff, you reframe it, you go through something better, now you think, wow, I have all these resources from these negative experiences. So you could say, yeah, I had a terrible childhood. You know, a lot of people talk about their childhood a lot. And, you know, there's no way to put it. Bad things happen to people. I'm not a lollipop guy, right? Shit, horrible things happen to people, and people are traumatized in awful ways. And it's, you know, I know, I know a family, their child died of cancer. You know, you don't tell people like that. Well, your kid died of cancer. You should be happy. It's all about choosing happiness. No, it's just the idea that it happened. You're not going to change it. You're not going to unravel it. You can let that define you, or you can use that as a resource because you got through that, and then you tell yourself with the self-talk. All right, I got through that. Well, here, now I am something good. You know, why would you be afraid, for example, why would you be afraid to go meet people or open a business if you've already gone through really horrible things, which is what I think is interesting. If you've gone through actual trauma and pushed through it, then why are you afraid of like bullshit like well your business might fail or a project might fail? That, you realize that's an illusion, right? Because that, that isn't even a big deal. I sort of thought about that when I did the Kickstarter for the, uh, the movie Silence. And I thought, you know, if I don't raise much money, people are going to make fun of me. Because I still go through the same issues everybody has. I go, my haters are really going to, you know, they're going to use this against me. And then I realized, like, dude, what is wrong with you? Who cares? You've been through all this other stuff. And you're worried about some random haters, right? But that's the idea is you're never, the work is never over. And that's why this seminar and what I teach is different than church and motivational stuff is you realize that life is really about the daily grind. It's about the choices you make in the moment, every day, every hour. And then you make enough of those choices and you make enough of the right choices and you have a model to diagnose problems. Suddenly you rebuild your mind, right? And reprogram it. And then you realize when you're just being when you're worried about nonsense. So you're afraid of things that aren't even real. And that's where we get into, you know, moment. Mindfulness movement is really big right now. And the reason I don't really like the mindfulness movement is it's too much about, they say, you know, suspend judgment, which can be valuable. It can be valuable to suspend judgment a little bit, but I want to be more alert, right? I want to have more intensity is the way I kind of look. That's why it's called a gorilla mindset. I don't want to sit in a corner and meditate because I need to relax more. I want to be more intense and, and focused and have more of an attack mode when I live. That's kind of how I view things is how can I be in the moment to become a better attacker, you know, to, to, do, me, to do more in my life. And that's where you use kind of like the self-talk thing. What do you do with self-talk? Okay. The classic example is, and we've all said this, my thoughts are spiraling out of control. Who said that? Right? My thoughts are spiraling out of control. You go on these sort of negative thought patterns. Oh, you know, this happened, now what? It's going to get even worse, it's going to get even worse. And then you end up all the way down here from some small thing. So what you want to do is when you check in now, here's what I do. Right now, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about before I say it. 
I don't rehearse my talks. I don't have a script. Every seminar is a little different. I don't rehearse my podcasts. I don't write them out in advance. Here's all I do. Right when I got up here, I just I checked in. I use, I use self-talk. I looked over there. Can I see him? I made eye contact with everybody. Okay, I'm getting uh, a sense of depth perception, where people are sitting, how loud I need to talk. Here are the cameras. And because of that, I'm, I'm completely checked in, and then I become completely in the moment. So I don't know what I'm going to say next or what I'm going to do next, but I'm so checked in already to my body and the situation that I don't have anxiety. I have, I have zero public speaking anxiety, which I used to have like everyone else had, right? Well, why, why did I have it? Because I wasn't checked in. If you have anxiety, what is anxiety? Ultimately, it is fear of a future event of unknown origin, right? That's what anxiety is. If I'm sitting here and I have public speaking uh, fear, why do I have it? Well, because something that might happen that hasn't already happened. Because most anxiety and most fear is not real fear. We had, we had a meetup last night and we kind of talked about that. If a rattlesnake came and, and ran at me, you know, I would, I would be startled because that would be an actual threat. But most of our fear is, well, what if I go take this risk and that happens? Well, whatever that happens is usually people are going to judge me, they're going to laugh at me, they're going to make fun of me, I'm going to feel like a failure, I'm not going to live up to my expectations. That's where the anxiety is. Well, it hasn't happened though. So why are you focusing on anxiety? It hasn't happened. So that again is why we talk about how framing and, and checking in also become a matter of focus. I could be focused on well, what if you don't do a good job, people go on the internet and they say you're an idiot, right? I could. That's what most people do. I mean, how many people here have uh, fear of speaking in public? Right, everybody. Okay, so you in the white shirt. If you gave a speech and it was terrible, what would happen to your life? Probably nothing. Nothing, right? You'd look like an idiot. Maybe they wouldn't call you back. You'd feel a little shame. It's all unconscious. So then you ask yourself, why am I afraid of that? It's not even a real fear. It's something, and it hasn't happened yet, too. So you're afraid of something that might not even happen, and that if it happened, it wouldn't impact your life anyway. You would just feel a little emotional. So then when you start to deconstruct that, you realize, okay, I have anxiety because I'm focused on something that might happen. But when you're focused on where you are right now, you don't have time to have anxiety. So I have zero anxiety. I don't have any kind of the, the frights other people have only because you choose to focus on where you are in the moment. That's where you check in. Okay, I'm, I'm in a body. You know, I'm standing here. My arms are out a little bit. I kind of flex my glutes. I get good posture. And, and then I, now I'm zeroed in on that because you can't focus on two things at one time. I post the good videos at Danger and Play where did anybody see that um, commercial where they say count how many times the person dribbles the basketball? And then count the times they, they pass the basketball. So they're passing a basketball to five different people. And as you do it, a guy in a gorilla suit like walks through. And then they say, okay, did you see the guy in the gorilla suit? Nobody does, right? It's called inattentional blindness because you can only focus on one thing at a time. So if you're focused on a negative outcome that might happen that is even a big deal, then by definition, because of how our brain works, you're not focused on where you are now. And then the good news of that is if you focus on where you are now, then you're not, you don't have the brain power to focus on this other potential negative thing. And that's why moment. 
or yeah, being in the moment, checking in. And that's where the self-talk comes in. I just say, okay, here I am, I'm standing around. This is the dialogue that goes in my head. All right, you're standing around, you gotta breathe. Okay, make sure you flex your calves a little bit. Everything's good, blood flow is good. Okay, take a couple of deep breaths. So that's what I'm saying to myself. And when I do that, I become checked into my body, checked into my mind, and I don't have time to, to focus on what could happen, bad things that could happen. Your, your brain just doesn't work that way. So that's the good thing about being kind of like an irrational person is you are allowed to brainwash yourself. And you brainwash yourself by choosing what you focus on and choosing how to reframe it. And then the next one is, you know, mood. The big thing with mood is because it's a choice. We've all had this happen. You wake up, wrong side of the bed, you're just in a bad mood, right? I'm in a bad mood, stay away from me, I'm in a bad mood. Why do you accept that, right? Why do you accept that moods happen to you and you're just gonna let that mood happen? Why don't you take an active approach to managing your mood? And that's where the big mindset shift is in real mindset. You just recognize that you can take an active approach to anything. So you might be in a bad mood, you might be in a sad mood. That doesn't mean you have to just stay there until the emotional cascade washes over you. There are different ways to change your mood. I usually just change my mood through self-talk. So when, you know, I haven't been in a bad mood in a while, but I guess when one happens, I just start to think, okay, where do you feel? I usually feel emotions in my body. Does anybody else do that? Do you ever feel emotions in your body? So I kind of, I was actually, last time I think I was in a bad mood, I was in Vietnam and I was on a motorbike and it just a bad mood came over me out of nowhere. And then I realized that, you know, my leg, I felt up my leg. So if I'm in a bad mood, sometimes I just rub my leg and then the bad mood goes away. Why? I don't have any idea, to be honest. It got me on this weird, like, I went on this really weird sort of thought experiment, which is how can the, what you think change how your body feels unless your thoughts have mass, right? Because if your thoughts don't weigh anything, then they couldn't cause impulses in your body. And then you, then you kind of start to think, what is a thought? Does a thought exist? Where does it exist in the mind? Does it weigh anything? Does it have mass? Does it have velocity? And, you know, who knows? I don't know why, you know, if I'm in a bad mood, my leg hurts a little bit, but I just know that that's true. And that's where so much of this is simply, you know, checking in, just being aware. If you're in a bad mood, just say, why am I in a bad mood? and write it all out. Or if you're in a great mood, why are you in a great mood? Well, what did I do in the last 24 hours? Did I sleep enough? Did I, what did I eat? Did I talk to the right people? A lot of times you end up in a bad mood because you talk to idiots or morons and 12 hours later, the unconscious mind sort of triggers, right? And you're like, you realize, well, why am I in a bad mood? Well, I talk to this idiot that I don't like that's always draining me. And that's why I'm in a bad mood. And then you figure, okay, we're gonna change that, right? That's where the lifestyle comes in. You know, we, well, I've written the definition of lifestyle, so don't answer if you've read my definition. So what is lifestyle? Anyone? How you live your life, what you do, how you do things. Lifestyle is two things, right? The people you're with, the things you do, or your habits, however you want. Ultimately, if you deconstruct your life, what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Your lifestyle are your habits and the people you see. That is 100% your lifestyle. So when you, when you start to analyze it this way, you, you look at, okay, who am I spending my time with? How much time am I spending with them? Do I feel good about myself after I've been with that person? Do I feel more inspired? Do I feel more encouraged? Or do I feel kind of like a drain? And if you feel like a drain, 
you know, then people got to deal with all these other issues. Well, it's family, you have to talk to them. But then you got to say, well, why, right? Why do I have to talk to people who make me feel shitty? Why? And then you start to realize there is no why. Somebody else just put that there. They made you do it. So then you start doing a, a lifestyle analysis. And what you're going to find is that, you know, most people make you feel either neutral or worse about yourself. How many people, you know, think about the five people you know that you talk to the most. How many of them would you really say are like on fire about life, really excited about life? They have new ideas, you meet them. I always call it, so for me, we, all of our tests are different. My test sort of for a friend is they always have to be up to something. So if I don't see a guy for a month, hey man, what's going on? I expect that person to be up to something. Oh yeah, I'm trying this new thing or I was, have this business idea that I was talking about. And every time you see them, there's something new. Most people, it's the same shit, right? If you haven't seen them in five years, they're doing the same thing they were five years ago. For me, that's a no-go. But you have to define for your own reality what you want. And, and that's where I guess my approach differs too than a lot of others. I don't tell you what to do. I always say, if, as long as you don't have kids chained up in your basement, I don't really care how you live your life. Well, for Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Trump, Cruz, it's of no concern to mine. I just honestly don't care. But you have to start thinking for yourself and defining reality for yourself and defining who your friends are going to be. And then you can, and again, it is a choice. Just like you can choose to be better, you can choose to surround yourself with better people. And then the next thing we're going to do, I like to kind of break it up a little bit, is we're going to talk a little bit about posture and then we'll kind of break break down into groups and then you can work on each other's posture. But, you know, we all know this is why everything works together, right? So posture is related to mood and then self-talk is related to posture. Here's what you'll learn if you ever read a book on acting or um, directing films. And, and Lauren, Lauren validate this. If you ever want to change the scene in a movie or you want to change an improv, you change with status. Because status is going to change the body language. So the way people talk to you, they dress you down. Remember that expression? They dress you down because you physically, they take up less space. It changes everything. So what happens is that if you have negative self-talk, your posture is going to change. And if your posture changes, you're going to be in a worse mood. You're going to feel less valued, less empowered, less strong. So what you, we're going to teach you today is kind of how to interrupt these moods. And that's why we work towards posture is once you have the awareness of being checked in, you can say, I'm in a bad mood. And when you're in a bad mood, all you do is you don't, you don't fight off the mood, but where am I sitting? Where is my posture? If you're in a bad mood, you're usually maybe, if you're angry, you're going to be go forward. But if you're kind of sad, you're slunched over, right? So then you realize, okay, when I'm in a sad mood or a bad mood, I'm slunched over. So then I'm going to interrupt that mood through posture. The same is true as if you're angry. The next time you're angry, just say, check into your, your mind, you're angry. Angry and anger is a forward-moving emotion, right? If you're angry, you don't, that's why people say, and you start to become, become a real student of language. If you're angry, people will say, well, take a step back. There's so much wisdom in what people say, this kind of homespun wisdom, but we've never analyzed it. Nobody teaches you how to deconstruct it. But if you're angry, everyone will say, take a step back. Well, why? Well, because if you're angry, you're moving forward. 
And that's going to lead to more anger because the momentum of that anger is going to push you forward. So if all you do is actually physically you take a step back, you become less angry. Try that next time you're angry. People say, how do I control my anger? Well, if you're angry and you're leaning forward, just interrupt, interrupt the, the pattern, right? Because now your, your body is leaning towards the pattern. You just interrupt it. You take a step back. I just take a step back, look up, and lean back, and then suddenly not really angry anymore. And you can ask Sean, I don't get angry, right? I have this image on the internet as this real angry guy and everything else, and it's focused intensity, but I don't, I don't ever feel angry anymore because if I feel it start to come in, I don't give into it. I lean back, sit back, and then the feeling dissipates. So right now, who's read Gorilla Mindset, the posture sections? All right, so what I want you to do is pair up in groups of people who have read it and done it and people who haven't and kind of help each other out, and then I'll walk around and we'll talk more about posture. Okay. All right, great. So we're going to talk a little bit more about posture now. What I did kind of there was um, a little bit of a ruse just to get people circulating again, talking to each other. I heard some guy say he lived near Six Flags. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a trick that I like to play on people is I just like to get people sort of talking give people an excuse to talk to each other. And then I played another trick on you. So you know, Nestor, already, Nestor already knows this trick, so I, I can't pick him. So um, you two talk to each other, right? All right, come on up here. All right, so just you come. Oh, and we'll blur your face. So you turn that way. You come over here. Go back to back. All right. And I want everybody to kind of, if you talk to somebody, I want you to play this game too. See, he knows the game too. So you guys talk to each other for how long? Uh, like two Co minutes. A couple minutes. minutes, good conversation. Yeah. You got to know each other? Yeah. All right, what's your name? Renee. Renee, what's your name? Mason. Okay, Mason, what color are Renee's eyes? Brown. What do you think? What color are his eyes? Brown. Okay, good. Have a seat. Okay, did everybody else know the right answer to that question? Turn and face whoever you were talking to? Okay, so so I call that I call that kind of it's kind of a prank because I, I, I do try to use the the inattentional blindness we talked about earlier the focus thing which is I don't want you to know that that was what we're trying to do but when you when you want to talk about checking in in the moment there are a thousand little ways that you can do that and be more aware so if you're talking to somebody and you're afraid of being judged, any kind of power position where you're a job interview, um, selling somebody something, you can focus on how you feel about that, that anxiety, or you just think to yourself, what color is that person's eyes, right? Now, if you're, if you're focused on what the eye color of the person is, you're gonna be more checked in, right? Gonna be more present. And then you think too, how many people do you talk to who make eye contact? Do that. Not very many, right? Most people, they kind of look down like this because they have bad posture or they're afraid to make eye contact. So that's what I, a little gorilla mindset shift, a little habit, very, very small. That's why I say the stuff I teach isn't one thing going to completely alter your reality, but you start thinking, okay, why don't I make eye contact with everybody? The, the person, the cashier at the Walgreens, the person who gets my coffee. And what if I just write down, you know, the color of the eyes of everybody I said? Well, immediately now you're more aware of people. You're more checked in. And when you talk to people, they feel like there's more of a connection. And that's one little thing. One stupid little bullshit thing that you can do 
that's going to have a really big impact on your life. And that's another way to kind of think of your life is we all want the program, right? How do I do X? Where X is always, how do I bench press, you know, 500 pounds or make millions of dollars or start Twitter or Facebook? There's always some big X. And they want the program, you know, Mike, write me a program for the gym and stuff. And I just say, just go to the gym, man. Like, what do you mean? I'll go to the gym, walk around, look at the machines, kind of figure them out, maybe stretch. Well, that, that's not the program. I'm like, yeah, but you're going to the gym, which you weren't doing before. That's one little thing. So then when you talk about, well, how can I be a better communicator? How can I feel less self-conscious talking to people? Well, make eye contact. Well, I'm afraid to make eye contact. Okay, don't think of it as I have to make eye contact. Then you just start to say, I'm going to know the color of the eyes of every person I talk to from the cashier all the way up to my boss at work. Does that take any kind of effort? Does that make you feel weird? No, it's just a little exercise you can do in life. And you can do that all the time. And that goes again back to checking in, being mindful. And then here's another thing you're going to learn. And that's why we're going to talk about posture. And I'll, I'll get a volunteer up here in a second. So like everybody here, and I can rationalize it because I make a living on the internet, you know, so, eh, you know, I can do this all day because that's how I make my living. But like everyone here, I'm naturally not looking up with my chin up. It goes back to earlier, you can choose your identity. Well, you can choose your posture also. So here's what happens. If you're always looking down like this and looking at a computer, when you walk around and you meet people, is this, does this look like a confident person? Right? Here's how, here's how I stand naturally, you know? This is kind of how I stand. Okay, yeah, you idiot. I can't believe you said that on Twitter, you know? I'm going to get this guy, you know? And then what happens is now you put, and that goes to the lifestyle. See how everything's connecting? Are you getting a sense for how I'm always trying to relate everything back to the mental model? How everything. So this is how I'm naturally kind of like sitting, you know? So if I come up to you and I have to do something important, um, do I look like a confident person? at all? You can say, no, I don't. I mean, that's the right answer is I don't. If I'm looking down at the ground, my feet are kind of closed in, my shoulders are a little bit slumped, I don't look confident. And if I don't look confident, people are going to take me seriously. But moreover, if I'm shut in like this, unconsciously now, I'm communicating to my own body that I'm not a confident person. And then that's going to impact the way I interact with other people because now I don't believe in myself anymore, even though it's all unconscious. Now, a lot of people think that's crazy until you go back to self-talk. What percentage of communication is nonverbal? 90, 90. 90, 80, yeah. So people argue, you know, at the margins, is it 85, 75? Almost all of it is. Okay, self-talk. How much of your body language is you communicating with your body? 75%, right? 80%, whatever. So if you're like this all day and you're shut in all day, you're not going to feel more open to the world. You're going to feel closed off of the world. You're not going to feel confident. You're going to become, you know, a shut-in. So we'll take a volunteer. Who wants to come up? Nobody? Do I have to call on somebody? Here, we got a, we got a guy right here. And we'll blow your face if you don't want to be. No. Okay. All right. All right. Excellent. All right. So the way you, would, the way you want to do it is you want to create sort of a body, a body language communication baseline. And you're always going to return to this baseline whenever you're sort of having a problem in life. Okay. So you have to create the baseline. So what you want to do, real quick, here's the best way to do it, is just jump up real quick. Okay, now how do you land? Do you feel strong when you land? 
So I want you to jump, and then when you land, there you go. See? About shoulder apart, right? So that's what they actually teach you in sports performance or boxing or wrestling or anybody is, well, how far should you have your feet out? Well, you just jump up, and then when you land, do you, is it a steady land? No. Well, then what happens is now you find, okay, your hips. Now you're grounded, right? Yes. So do you feel grounded? I do. You feel grounded. You feel your chest up. You feel your glutes are flexing, right? So now you know that if you end up like me or anybody else or you're leaning up against the wall, now you know that you got to, this is where you got to return, right? So whenever you're in a bad situation, then you know that you're not grounded. So have you ever heard that expression, this person isn't grounded? Well, think about that, right? Again, become language, students of language. When people say things, look for the meaning. Well, if you're not grounded, it's because your body language isn't grounded, so you're off balance. And then if you're off balance physically, you're going to be off balance mentally, right? So that's the first step, is you want to figure that out, okay? The next step is you realize the connection between mind and body. Most people don't get. Here's what I say to myself. We, you know, we talk about this with self-talk, affirmations. I have sort of like a mantra that I say to myself, which really works. And I, I get my legs, you know, I get them set up. And then I, I just reach up and I look up and I say this. Lauren knows me. I'm a fucking lunatic. And I say, I open myself up to the world and all of its possibilities. That's what does it for me. That's why people say, how do you figure out all this stuff? Right? I'm not a genius. I'd like to say I were, but who cares if you are? That goes back to mindset. Well, if you're a genius, that is a fixed definition other people have created. Well, I don't think of myself as a genius or a brilliant guy or a smart guy. I just say I'm open to anything. I wake up open to possibilities, good or bad, whatever might happen. And then two things happen. If you're open to possibilities, you're open to being vulnerable too, right? How many people here like being vulnerable? No, nobody, right? If you take 10 pictures, your selfies, the right angle, filter them right because you're fear and judged. Well, because now you're closed off to the world, but vulnerability is actually how you connect with people because then you feel more human. I mean, do I present a vulnerable image online a little bit? Do you feel like you kind of know me? I'm sort of, here's my troubles, here's what I went through. Well, that's how you create connection. But if you're closed off to connection because you're not vulnerable, you're not going to do anything with people, right? So that's the first thing is you always want to check in with your hips and you want to be grounded. So I even say that to myself, you know, grounded. Okay, you're grounded. Grounded is a good place to start because if you're off balance and you're open, the wind is going to blow you, right? So they say keep your mind, well, they say keep your mind open enough that new thoughts can come in but not so open that everything leaks out. I think that's the expression. But the idea is if you're open to anything but you're not grounded, then the world is just going to blow you to and fro and then you just become a flake, which a lot of people are. So, yeah, the first thing you do is you just say grounded. Okay, I'm grounded. You know, you feel good, right? Now just lift your arms up, open up. Yeah, spread up. You're looking up, you, you know. Now is your mood changing a little bit? You're feeling a little, right? Yes. You feel better, right? You feel yes. more open? I do. Right. Now this is 100% true. What, what is going on? Well, he's changing his communication. But using his body, he's changing his communication to his mind. So now he's signaled through body language to, to have an open mind about anything. So all throughout the day, you know, sometimes I got to be careful what happens if you take it too seriously, you'll be walking down the street and I'll be like, yeah, and then you're hitting people, you know, she's, she's seen that a few times, like, Michael, you got to be careful. All right. Yeah, you're right. But no, when I walk, so then I kind of, so then another trick is if you're in a crowded space and you can't go fully on like this, then you just, okay, lift your chest up a little bit. So now keep your arms down and now just lift your chest up a little bit while your hips are grounded. See, feel a difference. And then you feel how your breathing is better now. 
right? And now you're looking up, and then suddenly, you know, insights are going to happen. So that is... wonderfully made. Exactly, right? Yes. See, he smiled. Have you literally seen his expression change now? He feels happier. He feels better about himself. Now, he could have said, oh, I'm afraid to go up there. People might look at me. They might think, right? That, but that didn't happen at all, did it? No, it did not. Because you're completely focused on what? You, man. Your body language, the moment, how you feel, changing things, right? So then any kind of anxiety, see, he, he's not stage fright. Does he have stage fright at all? None. He's one of the people, yeah. Right? So thank you. Give him a round of applause. Right, so right there, he's one of the guys who raised his hand earlier, is a little bit afraid of public speaking, which everybody is. 30 seconds, he's not. Because why? Because he did everything. He checked into his body, checked into his mind. Instead of focusing on, okay, I'm standing in front of people, are they looking at me? You know, am I wearing the right outfit or whatever? He just said, I'm not focused on any of that. I'm checked into my body. I'm in the moment. And then what? And then you feel great, right? You feel completely charged up. You feel alive, right? So little things. So right now, everybody just kind of do that, practice that little posture because it is, it is fundamental to your life. And then we'll return to vision. So what I want you to do now is practice the posture stuff, a couple minutes, and then we're going to go to vision. And then we do a Q&A where we're sort of, you know, whatever you guys want to talk about, we can talk about. All right, so as you can see now, everything is tying together. Self-talk isn't a chapter on its own. It's not a section on its own. Self-talk is also posture because your body language and your posture is part of your self-talk. Self-talk is also getting in the moment. If you're stressed out, if you're worried about something else, you just say to yourself, okay, here I am, I'm in a room, the room is 15 by 15, and I'm about to talk, and I'm looking at a camera, and self-talk. Now you're checked in, now you're fully aware, you can do that for anything. Framing, how you choose to view the world, uh, this is a real bad situation, self-talk. We'll use your self-talk to reframe it as a way that'll make you a more resourceful, stronger person. And then that, again, goes back to focus, right? Focus, checking in. If I'm focused on, I might look like an idiot in front of people, then you're going to feel a certain way. Your mood's going to be different. If you're focused on, I'm just going to worry about my posture and opening things up and being grounded, you don't have time and, and energy and the mental resources to focus on the other thing, right? So you see how they all kind of connect. Lifestyle, we talked about a little bit, but I want to reemphasize this because it kind of relates to framing. You can use gorilla mindset defensively or offensively. Defensively is, oh shit, this is a bad situation, life is bad, I need to not feel bad. That's where you usually begin. That's kind of where I began. Well, here's what you can do more. Use it offensively now. Now you think, okay, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good now. Now I can really rock and roll because I have all these skills I need. But that's where lifestyle comes in. You are, if you're, you know, if you're eating Doritos or not going to the gym and not doing cardio, you're going to have more bad moods. You're not going to feel as good about yourself. If you're talking to negative people, if you don't like your boss, we've all been in a situation where, you know, the feeling of dread when the boss walks by, we've all been there, right? Well, if you're feeling dread because of the people that you surround yourself with, you now have to use guerrilla mindset to not feel dread, to not feel bad. So what I want you to start thinking about is quit playing defense. Quit thinking, how can I not feel bad? 
you want to figure that stuff out too, but you want to figure out how can I feel great? How can I take things to the next level? How can I, again, be more open? And, and that's why every day, my mantra, my whatever is going to be different than yours. Mine is just really open. And the reason open is how I view it is because I'm resourceful. So I'm open to anything. Bad things are going to happen too, but then I'll use those bad things to kind of figure out how to do something better. And then when you're open, you find out you meet more people, you become, you become more lucky, more opportunities present themselves because we all live in the same world and they're all there. And then finally, we want to lead that all the way back up to vision. Now vision, vision is one of my favorite subjects, primarily because if I tell people here, how many of you have mastered the art of visualization? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're a master of visualization. Everybody, raise your hand. Now, and I'll tell you why. When in your brain do you go think about something that bad happened to you? Everybody? When you go into your brain and you think about something that bad happened to you, what happens? Does it change how you feel right now? Does it make you feel worse? Maybe give you less energy? Maybe uh, affect your body language, your posture? Okay. Whatever in your brain you're returning to isn't re reality, it's just a memory. And a lot of our memories are actually false. Some things that you think happened to you didn't really, didn't really happen. But even if it did, you can treat a memory one of two ways. Framing. You can say, I had this terrible thing happen to me, and I'm going to feel shitty because I'm going to meditate on this negative thing. Or you can just say, ah, oh, that was a dumb movie that I watched. And you can treat your memories as kind of like movies which is how I treat mine. And now I don't even really have very many memories anymore because anything I don't like, I'm so focused on now. It, it is a choice. You can, you can treat a memory as real, which is what you do. Well, if you're treating a memory as real, you're visualizing, right? You're visualizing some kind of vision for your life. Well, why don't you visualize your, your dreams, your destinies, where you want to be? Because ultimately it is a choice. So, the first thing you want to do is in your own mind now, instead of saying, I don't know how to visualize, that's something that they do at the Olympic Training Center and Olympic athletes do it and the NBA does it and you visualize the basketball drills and, or you visualize the, the baseball drills or the ball coming at you. Well, no, you can do the same thing for your life because you've already visualized your life. You visualize yourself in a situation. Maybe it's where you're doing something you're not proud of. Maybe it's where somebody's yelling at you. Maybe it's where somebody's hurt you. Maybe it's where something bad happened. And now you're visualizing that. That's a choice. You can now choose to visualize your ideal life. But to visualize your ideal life, that's why there's a chapter, The Perfect Day, you have to visualize a day. There is no life. Everything is so dynamic in life. You have no idea where you're going to be. I had no idea I was going to be making films or giving seminars or writing a book about guerrilla mindset. So a few years ago, I just thought, well, you know, what, what do I want my day to look like? And my day was just, I want to wake up happy. I want to wake up wanting to go to work. Whatever it is, I didn't know what my work would be, but I wanted to wake up enthused. I wanted to wake up next to somebody that I wanted to wake up next to. And anybody who's woken up next to somebody that you wish you weren't with, you know, those bad relationships, you'll, you'll understand that more. So, okay, I, you know, I want to, and I didn't want to wake up next to five people, but maybe that's what you want to do, you know? I kind of have a podcast on this. I'm like, if your thing is to go to Thailand and, you know, wake up next to five ladyboys, God bless you. You know, that's not, that's not my job to tell you how to visualize or what to visualize. But the idea is, okay, I wanted to wake up next to somebody that I liked. And I wanted to wake up 
and work on stuff that I wanted to work on. I wanted to like my customers. You know, people say, Mike, why don't you, why don't you do this? I get this all the time. And these are smart people, smart marketers. Like, you know, you could make so much more money off your website. And I go, yeah, and then I'd fucking hate the people who read it. You know, I like everybody. I've never had a meetup or a seminar where I didn't like the people. I've never had bad vibes. That's one reason I don't like to talk much about fitness or pickup anymore. It just, the people that that attracts is a little bit, you know, they want to one-up each other all the time. You know, I don't, oh, who's the more alpha? Who's the more beta guy? You know, I don't want any of that shit. So I want to like the people. I want to like my customers, right? I want to have the power to, to fire my customers. I want to have the power to say what I want to say. And this is just all a little bit vague, but that's what I meditated on every day. This is what I want my day to be like. Well, three years later, after you know, I figured out how to build a website, how to do this, how to do that, I wake up, very enthusiastic about life, always ready to get right to work, always to be at it all day, work really hard. People say, Mike, you must never sleep. And the answer is I sleep nine hours a night. But when I'm awake, I'm so fully engaged in what I'm doing that it seems like I do the work of two or three people. And that's because I love what I do. I love the people. I don't, I don't think, oh God, I got these clients and these customers I have to talk to. Now, obviously, when you start off, it won't be that way, right? That's just reality. I don't preach um, artificial reality. Virtual reality will come soon and then I'll be out of a job, but until then I have one. But you want to just start visualizing, okay, here's what I want to do, here's why I want to wake up. I always knew that I wanted to wake up and kind of hear the ocean, being near the water. I wanted this when I was living in Illinois. Okay, 10 years later, that's where I am. Doesn't mean it happens tomorrow, but you meditate and you visualize on it. And then what happens? Well, when, you've, when you visualize the bad things, your bad memories, you feel worse. When you visualize the good things and the, your ideal life, another thing happens. You feel better, you have, feel stronger. So I have been screaming at my computer for like four hours because you, you couldn't get a header to load and the internet the front thing broke. But you don't feel angry in the way that you did when you feel helpless. The worst is when you feel like you're doing something that doesn't have meaning. It's not bringing you closer to anything else. So when I deal with all the web stuff and all the frustrations that anybody who runs a business has to deal with, it's just no big deal because I'm focused so much on my vision that I don't have time to be mad about the past. I don't have, I don't have any kind of issues like I used to have. I don't, I grew up really poor. I felt insecure about that. I don't care about any of that stuff because I'm so meditating on my future vision. So that's where you bring everything together. You visualize what you want your life to be. You start off with your day. How do you want to wake up? And you got to write it out. And you have to go into as much detail as you can. If you want to live by the ocean, you should be able to go listen to an ocean sound so that you can meditate on what the ocean sounds like, what it smells like, what the person you're going to be or the people are going to be look like. Maybe meditate on the house you want to live in. I don't really know. And then you're going to find their side effects, which is what I really love about Gorilla Mindset. People have done things completely different than what I talk about. Here's why. If you can visualize a vision for your life, you can sell a vision to other people, right? If you can sell a vision to other people, that's all sales is. Hey, you know, you like this house, this big house here. Can you see your family there? Imagine your little daughter waking up and your little son coming out. There's the yard and they're throwing a tennis ball to the dog. Now you're a master salesperson selling things to other people because first you've sold yourself that vision. So that's where we're going to wrap it all up. You got to write it all out. Just start with one day. 
Focus on all your emotions, what you're going to hear, what you're going to see, what you're going to smell, what you're going to feel, what you're going to taste, everything in as much detail as you can. Meditate on that five, ten minutes a day. Suddenly you're going to find it, and you're going to be much happier, and people are going to like you more. So thank you for the Gorilla Mindset Seminar for attending. That wraps it up. And then you can clap if you want. I don't really care. <laughs>